But first, we're also gonna to get to our top story, which is gonna be around the everything shortage, which is at risk again, and we'll have our very own Rachel Premack here to break it all down and talk about some of the concerns that might be on the horizon. Rachel, thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's dig into it because I think this is an interesting topic. A lot of the United States American population thinks like our shortages are pretty far in the future. But in reality, we're only one decently sized supply chain crisis away from having to deal with shortages once again. Talk to us a little bit about what some of those main reasons are behind that. So really, since the coronavirus crisis shut down society in 2020 and the uh, shortages following in 21 and 22, we haven't made that many major strides in terms of how our supply chains are designed. I talked to several industry experts in automotive, health, lumber, and then a few kind of broad-based supply chain experts. And what they shared is that we haven't made the sort of amazing sort of changes that you might expect following a massive supply chain crisis, but there have been some small tweaks made and overall, they were concerned that given some other sort of crisis that we could easily just fall back into some sort of massive shortages. And Rachel, you have an amazing article and kicking it off, just go over some of the theories or hypotheses that could kick something like this off, even some from outer space. <laughs> yeah, so really any sort of major crisis that would afflict People would also afflict supply chain. So thinking probably on the more likely side, unfortunately, we could think of, you know, some sort of natural disaster. We could think of a global war. Um, but there are also kind of things that we couldn't really prepare for, such as a meteor strike or a super volcano or another pandemic. These are things that obviously no one's really losing much sleep over, I don't think. You know, a super volcano uh annihilating everything, but I don't think also at the same token in early 2020 that people were thinking that they would be, you know, stuck at home for months at a time uh, due to some sort of pandemic either. So obviously none of these things are things I think we need to particularly lose sleep over, but they could happen at any point, unfortunately. So Rachel, one of the big kind of conversation points around some of the shortages that we had kind of well, coming out of some of the shortages was kind of this idea of demand planning, right? And this idea of just in time versus just in case logistics and warehousing and inventory stock levels. And it's still kind of a very delicate balance for a lot of logistics planners to find, right? Because we genuinely don't know when demand from a consumer side is going to skyrocket the way that it did for certain commodities. And of course, it's not economical to always have a pretty large stockpile on the back end. Do you think that we find a place where demand planning gets a little bit more balanced? And if so, how much does technology really help in finding that balance? Yeah, that seems to be a big question, especially on automotive or health, where they did experience really long-lasting shortages. And in the case of health, obviously, these these aren't just economic decisions. These are life-saving, life uh, potentially, decisions. So uh, it, it seems like some sort of industries are trying to move a little bit more into the stockpiling or to higher inventories to some degree. Um, I don't think we're going to see a massive sudden buildup of inventories that would rival, you know, pre-1990, pre-1980 type manufacturing. But it does appear that many of these industries are thinking, okay, we don't want to be completely caught flat-footed in another situation like this. Let's, let's have a little bit more inventory than we used to. 
Um, but I think that's kind of specific to certain industries. And when we look more broadly, a lot of retailers and consumer, you know, retailers of consumer goods in particular, they had way too much inventory last year. So now they're trying to shed and, and pare down a little bit. So it's definitely an industry to industry type question. But to uh, address your technology question, certainly having a better understanding of where all your inventory is, that's that's one key uh aspect of, of helping all this on the healthcare side it sounds like they definitely need um kind of new technologies and new ways of tracking and predicting what they need and what they have and how to kind of match demand to, with supply and rachel one of the biggest talking points throughout 23 has been really this thought around nearshoring and really also reshoring as well in some instances how how, how much is that going to be impacting what we're seeing moving forward and really how does it compare to the massive behemoth that China is that has really built out their entire country to be a manufacturer for the entire globe. So what a lot of retailers and manufacturers are thinking isn't to completely divest from China, but maybe put a factory here and there somewhere that's not China. Uh, part of the reality is that there is a large population in China that is buying these goods. So you can't just Say okay, we're getting out of China. We're not we're not manufacturing anything in Asia because now you have all these people who you do need some of your factories and and plants there to manufacture what's what's going to be purchased there. Uh, but you know that might mean opening a factory in Vietnam or Mexico or um, the Philippines or Turkey. But it doesn't mean that you know we're lifting up all our factories and moving them out. Uh, when it comes to uh, onshore reshoring, uh, the question seems to be around building new plants rather than building plants that already, rebuilding plants that already exist. One of the biggest uh, kind of growth areas around that would certainly be around elect uh, EV batteries. That's one area where it seems like a lot of these autom automotive manufacturers in particular want to build that sort of supply here because it is so hard to, uh, well, A, I think control for quality for these sort of essential items, but also to just have any sort of supply of these complex EV batteries. That's that's one reason why I think we're seeing more of those batteries being built in, or more of those uh, factories being built in the Southeast or Michigan or elsewhere in the, in the U.S. So Rachel, really quickly before we let you go, I want to talk about the people aspect when it comes to an everything shortage, because obviously in a ma massive event like the coronavirus pandemic, we lost our supply of people because we were simply out of work. And a lot of these workers were considered essential, but still we had a very large percentage of the population be sick. So they were unable to eventually leading them to die. We lost a big chunk of the workforce. Is mm -hmm. that also a risk that we look at for these this next maybe disruptive event is the people component itself could in and of itself be a shortage? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, any sort of global event like this that would cause a supply chain crisis is definitely something that would also be pretty, probably a tragedy for humanity as a whole. I mean, thinking of a meteor strike is maybe a little far-fetched or, you know, a little humorous in one aspect. But on the other hand, if it's really going to be affecting supply chains in some ways, it probably would be affecting some sort of population center, thinking the same about a super volcano, obviously some sort of global war. I think any sort of event that would affect supply chains and disrupt supply chains and 
day-to-day living would also most likely be some sort of, uh, you know, mass death event, unfortunately. And there's kind of no other way to cut it. Um, And yeah, so that's why in the piece, for example, when I was mentioning the meteor, I was thinking, okay, I'm not really, in the case of a meteor strike, I'm not really that concerned about my Amazon deliveries, but uh, zooming out a little bit, uh, it, it's certainly something that is, is would be concerning for, you know, humanity is in particular, but also just the workforce as well, as you mentioned. Definitely would put things into perspective. And Rachel, I think you're spot on with really putting all things on the table because no one saw COVID coming in 2019. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Amazing article online. For those that want to reach out to you, how can I do that? I'm on Twitter at RRPRE, or you can search me on LinkedIn at Rachel Premack, or you can just Google my name and Freight Waves and you'll probably find my, my articles pretty easily that way. All right, Rachel, thanks for that. And have a happy holiday. We will talk to you in the new year. Right now, we're going to go on over to the wall. And Tony and Donnie are here with your first carrier update this morning. 